Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Look, I... I was just talking with my very special guest today and host of a fabulous show, Dr. Kathy O'Bare. And we were just catching up and I realized a couple of things in the process of that. One, I got to do more catching up with our host. That's number one. I got to just get on a calendar and say, let's go have coffee and catch up because I am so privileged and honored to be working with some of the most incredible people on the planet. And if we learned one thing from this pandemic and still are learning, it is the value of each of us to the other. Today, I'm thrilled to have Dr. Kathy O'Bear joining us here today. Whether you know her as Dr. Kathy or Kathy, or you know her as most powerful, amazing show on the planet, here's what you want to know. She is a phenomenon in the world of leadership, leadership challenges, dilemmas. She has written books that pinpoint the pinnacle of what keeps us separated and what can bring us together. She and I have, we could talk decades of work with business and inequities and disparities. The difference between she and I, she's doing something about it there. I didn't have the guts to go back to corporate America. But today, here you go. Do you stay remote? Do you go hybrid? Do you show up? What do you do? If you're a leader, what do you say? What do I say to my people? Wow. Dr. Kathy, it's so great to have you here. Always, Dr. Pat. Thank you so much for having me. And we decided to do this topic about two, three weeks ago before here in the U.S. and around the world, the Delta has resurged, particularly across the South, but many places. And so what we'll talk about today is even more critical. And I think your listeners, especially supervisors, leaders, managers, are in dire need of ideas Because in fear, when we're stressed, triggered, we'll go back to the old way. And that's the one thing we cannot do is we cannot go back to how we used to do business. And can I ask you a question? You've been sitting in corporate America and internationally. We have learned so much. As a business leader and a business owner, I have learned more in 20 months than I could have probably learned in 20 years. I mean, I've learned how to navigate the waters of funding and what to do to keep your business thriving. Um, I've learned about how to organize people so that they can still work together, but be safe. Can I ask you, over these past 20 months, what have you seen 
what has leadership been saying? What have, what's been sort of a theme if there is one from your perspective? The organizations that are thriving still are the ones that have really used this moment to transform, to say what wasn't working from how we were working together. How do we get everybody involved in thinking about innovation, creativity, serving customers, creating workplaces that really help people thrive and do it with an EDI lens, a racial justice, social justice lens. And the ones that have said, we really have to change how we do our business, free up supervisor leader time from the day-to-day logistics and numbers so they can be really investing in people, physical safety, emotional safety, mental health safety, and realizing it's our relationships with each other. And I don't know about you, as a white person, I wasn't taught this. And folks of color for decades have been trying to teach me it's all about relationships and transformative culture. So the organizations that I think are going to thrive and survive as we move into the fall are those that really become much more people-centered, full breadth of differences, and realize that this time of pandemic and time of racial reckoning has had disproportional impact. I didn't realize that women have left the workplace in such numbers that it's the lowest numbers of women across racialized identity since the 1980s. Yes. I, I didn't know that folks of color were disproportionately impacted by the pandemic, which impacted work. Let me tell you, I've had almost every person of color I've been working with the last 20 months say to me, I don't want to go back to work. I've realized the racist dynamics folks of color have said, I'm realizing the disability dynamics, women have said the gender sexist, queer folk, the homophobic, I want to remote work. A, I'm more productive, but B, the toxic environments for folks in marginalized identities. Folks are saying, I didn't realize how much there was until I had a break. I'm exhausted. I'm burned out. Yes. But at least I don't have to be in those toxic day-to-day environments. Yeah. You and I both have gotten some information. Um, And what we're seeing is women are not only fleeing, but here's something that I've been trying to follow. Um, and I will say it's anecdotal research. So I've been, I've been pulling some numbers together really by trying to pound it out the hard way. The tricky thing, especially for women um, and women of color, or in it doesn't matter, LGBTQ across the board, if they go on FMLA, If they go on family leave, here's the interesting thing that I'm getting stories about. I have three cases of women coming back after family leave, taking care of dying parents Mm. from COVID Mm. and getting salaries cut by 40 and $50,000. What? Yeah. This is unspoken. This is an area that we are not talking about. And when you look at the law around this, Uh, And and this is exactly to your point, because if you look at the law around this, one, these people are saying, I can't take that cut and resigning, therefore not eligible, uh, according to some states for unemployment. And then when you fill out the unemployment form, the questions are so intimidating. Mm. And, And look, How many ways can you slice and dice and continue to mistreat people? See, this is it. This is it. 
Um, and not everybody has got the fortitude to fight back. Or the economic positions of folks are upper middle class and quote professional white collar jobs. They may have some discretionary income, a friend who's a lawyer, but what, 60, 80% of folk are in lower income, middle class, quote, and so one, two paychecks. I didn't realize how many folks resigned in May um, yeah. and how many now are looking for a job. You've heard the language, we're in a turnover tsunami. Yeah. Um, and so if, if organizations don't realize that actually it's a talent-driven workplace now, no longer is it you're lucky to have a job, which you're three anecdotes, which unfortunately are probably a pattern, which I'm just shocked by. I hadn't heard. Yep. Um, half of workers now are saying they're not going to return to work if they can't have remote. 80% expect three days a week remote. Now, these are folks who have been doing remote. 70% did remote. We're not talking about lower paid emergency workers, essential no. workers that, and again, there's a class race immigration cut there. But if you're thinking about the talent you want to keep across the whole spectrum. 90% of corporations are saying we're embracing the workplace remote. And this was before the resurgence of Delta, where people are now requiring vaccines since Monday. Uh, Pfizer was now approved. And so I think we're going to see more and more, just like the military, just like New York City schools, requiring vaccines. And then folks are going to say, I'm going to leave. And to be honest, I think some organizations are going to say, would love to keep you. And if you cannot prioritize employee and client health over your mm -hmm. own personal politics, okay. Yeah. We yeah. hate to lose you. And we cannot have individuals put the entire organization at risk. The entire healthcare um, yeah. of our children. It, it's just unheard of. We didn't do it over the decades with polio, with... I can't even think of all the shots and cubes I was given in the 50s and 60s. We never questioned it because we valued people and country over. In the, I just don't get me started. Well, I, and, you know, I have to tell you that the numbers are now clear. This morning, I had a client from Texas uh, send. I, I have to fact check this. Maybe, Jamie, you can look it up. But uh, she said to me, here we are. Texas says shut down. I what had another, that that's what I'm trying to find out. Oh, like okay. Texas is shut down again, which means Texas was never going to be the state to shut down. Just saying. Uh, and then a friend of mine from Florida uh, sent me an email said, yep, a bunch of us have walked out of the hospitals. And I'm like, that. what? And I think that actually made the headlines. But we're starting to see a new wave of awareness a new wave of questioning integrity, a new wave of asking for what really works. And look, you and I were there. The first cases and arguments for working remotely hit the table. And back then, the arguments about what happens to productivity when people work at home were just a lie. But now, if you're not embraced for your staff to work remotely, you're going to be in trouble. What do you think? Totally. I saw a stat this morning, over 70% said as good, if not greater productivity. And yep. personally, 
when I left, I don't know, 35 years ago, I have much higher productivity than I did inside when there was office politics and people interrupting my work and I couldn't just sit and have quiet time to think and plan. The challenge is most leaders and managers, supervisors don't know how to support a team that is mostly remote or hybrid or week to week, it changes. And so how do you have the flexibility to have high productivity? And the key, which most organizations I work with are still learning how to do, as you said, investing in people. So as folks are moving into this next phase, how do we prioritize team building? Really having people onboard everyone, 20 months of not being in person with most folks. So we have to rebuild relationships, renegotiate engaging agreements in this time. We have to really use an EDI, equity, inclusion, diversity, social justice lens. What are your needs for these last 20 months? What was met? What wasn't as we move forward? What else do you need? Parental, you know, people think parental elder care issues, but again, people with disabilities, mm -hmm. folks of color, women, queer folk, we could keep going and all those intersecting yeah. identities, introvert, extrovert, yeah, um, folks that have to commute versus others that don't, people that don't have the money to commute anymore because their discretionary money has gone to healthcare costs because they got sick, being able to create a work environment and a team bravery with trust takes a lot of development so that people can say, in the next few weeks, these are going to be my needs. And so I need three days at home. I need more time planning. And for leaders to say, and supervisors always have a backup plan. Yes, we want one day, everybody at work. That may not happen because we're going to have <laughs> Delta COVID. So to have leaders, supervisors, managers, flexibility, ambiguity, but tell me where I'm wrong, Dr. Pat, no. people are exhausted, burned out yeah, yeah, and thought yeah. there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And then so many people in this country did not get vaccinated. Yeah. And so, oof. well, I, I want to talk to you about that when we come back and I'm going to tell you this, um, uh, I don't know if you've listened to Jennifer Marcinelli's show, but Jennifer Marcinelli is burned bright today. She is a, a wellness and well-being expert. Mm. She has studied and worked in organizations on burnout. And she is reaching out to organizations because all of what you have said is compounded by the fact that new levels of anxiety have now hit the statistics, new levels of numbing out. And if your organization doesn't have someone like you, Dr. Kathy, in it, and somebody that understands wellness and well-being at the medical level, at the psychological level, tell me this when we come back. Are we going to be able to put Humpty Dumpty back together again? Let's take a short break when we come back. How are you planning to come back? How are you planning to stay back? And what is it about the shifting needs of each of us? Why did I get a scrubber and put it in the production room? Yes, you can buy a scrubber and clean the air for your employees. Hello, we'll be right back. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. 
Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Join a global community connecting our hearts with extraterrestrials who only understand unconditional love and inner peace. The Extraterrestrial Trust Revolution, ETR, provides expertise in raising an individual's energy level through a 13-month course and eight energy portal journeys. Find out more about this 13-month course as well as an entire resource for you to learn about ETR at connectwithets.com. Did you know that each Enneagram type has a different worldview, different patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving? They also have essential qualities that are unique to their type. Understanding this helps us develop more tolerance, respect, and appreciation for ourselves and others. Renee Siegel works with individuals, couples, families, and groups using the Enneagram to build better relationships as a tool in addiction recovery. Visit URPurePotential.com for more info. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Hi, I'm Laura Goldstein, and here's a Coffee with the Universe tip. It's no secret that anxiety and overwhelm are on the rise. While the tendency is to suppress these feelings, anxiety is really a messenger that's telling you something is off, very off. You might be shooting yourself and living a life based on someone else's expectations. Maybe you have trouble saying no, or maybe you're following the fearful voice in your head that demands you do more, be more in order to feel worthy. So see where you can make a few adjustments in what you're doing to get rid of the overwhelm and create more peace inside instead. To get more tips like this, tune into my transformation talk radio show called Coffee with the Universe. It's a live call-in show. I'd love to chat with you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is so great. Dr. Kathy O'Bear joining me here today. Stay remote. Go hybrid. What are the leadership challenges? What are the dilemmas? What are people doing about it? Before we go there, look, I, I just gave people just a snippet of what you do. Uh, number one, tell us about how to listen to your show. I mean, your shows just rock mm. me. Uh, but how do we work with you? And talk a little bit about what you're up to. Well, that is so sweet. First Wednesday of every month, I think it's 10 a.m. Pacific time. We have some great guests looking at how do you create inclusive, equitable work environments, organizations, transformational change. And since George Floyd's murder, we've been really focused much more about dismantling dynamics of race and racism, mm -hmm. white supremacy culture, and creating truly inclusive organizations for all, particularly BIPOC folk. Um, and then I do consulting and training and speaking and leadership coaching, mostly all around creating inclusive, equitable, transformative organizations like we're talking about today. This is just one small slice of the work. Uh, people can always find me, drkathyobeer.com. 
Um, and we'll keep mentioning that for those of you out there. Um, I want to jump to the plan. Now, I don't know that this is true. I don't know that companies didn't plan. I, I think they may have, but do you think that we were aware of planning in a way that literally took into consideration the full dynamic of where we are today? I think most folks I know went into crisis mode. <laughs> I work a lot with college universities and nonprofits. They were the senior leaders meeting every day or every other day, and then always on emergency to come in. And I actually think that was a great team building, but to build relationships and then be able to talk and realize how siloed everyone was and really call people into, we have to look at the whole organization. I wonder if leadership teams are ready to do that now and not just corporate, not just large, not for profit, higher ed, but K-12 and also divisions planning to, especially in this moment, we need to be ready to, in a split moment, have everybody come, leadership, and then open forums where we let everyone know what we know, what we don't know, and then collaborative decision-making. I got to work with one group maybe a month ago that was planning before this Delta surge. They had working groups looking at how do we come back to a hybrid or in-person work, and let's use an EDI lens and think finance. And so the senior leadership had these working groups, cross-functional, who were recommending. It was a brilliant strategy to then keep everyone involved. But how many folks were caught flat-footed then 20 months ago? But now I think we need to be ready for dynamics as tough as we held in March. And what's worse mm -hmm. is, which you alluded to, people are exhausted, burned out, emotional, mental health, physical health, grief, trauma. And if they're like me, my hopes were rising that we could finally, and now they're dashed. So yeah. all of that, leaders, managers don't have the capacity. We're never trained how to create an inclusive, transformative culture in this kind of dynamic. So I think they need to prepare for the worst. Maybe start hybrid now. So yeah. those are my thoughts. Well, and, you know, let me give everybody the information. I've, I've got it in my hand. So the information about Texas is as following. You know, a small town called Ira Ann in Texas, albeit small, shut down mm. because nearly half of its people uh, were hit by COVID. And that number is supposed to rise. Now, what does that mean? I mean, you can decide what that means. But it's no different than the trend we have in Washington state. And, you know, we have a governor that came out and made a mandate yet as effective yesterday uh, uh, for us, which they, the, the CNN, everybody's like, oh, Washington state's got the toughest mandate in the country. I don't know if it's the toughest. It, he's wear your mask. That's what he's saying, basically. That's what he's saying. He didn't shut anything down. But like for us in public and the government. And I think there's more to come on that. But why did he do it? Well, King County, as of yesterday, has the highest incidence. I think, Benny, you have to fact check mm -hmm. me than it's ever had. So here we are. We are opening to normal. 
And yet today, you and I, when we sat down to do the show, we didn't think we'd be here. No. I didn't think, I honestly didn't think we'd be back here talking about this. I, I don't know. I'm an optimist. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. You have to have learned something from what we went through. Are we ready to accommodate what we need, what organizations need to function? Can we talk for a little bit? And I'm going to go ahead and skip this next break. I'll take it in a little bit. But there are shifting needs of people. And I want to talk for a minute about the equity lens. Um, and I want to talk about that because the cases that I'm hearing and the people that I'm speaking with, they fall in a disproportionate amount of people. But can I tell you a poll I took? Mm. Informal poll. Ready? I'm ready. I did an informal poll of people that I work with, women I work with, and I work with a lot of women in recovery and so forth. And I asked them, did you know that the Senate voted on equal pay for women about five weeks ago? And they all said, yay. And I said, did you know that the bill didn't pass the Senate? And they said, no. 95%. That was the quickest slip through of any, any equality bill I have ever seen in my life. That was the greasiest bill that went through unnoticed to the public that I've ever seen. So how much is being unnoticed that's happening nationally, even statewide, because folks are just running around yep. with childcare issues, work, bills, sickness, and we've got this internal bill that they're trying to do. So they have the infrastructure that's roads and bridges. And now this other one, which is more healthcare, um, childcare, climate change. I have to breathe because everything, <laughs> it seems literally seems to be on fire and crises. And your point, individuals are just trying to get by. I saw this yeah. one quote said, we're not at the breaking point. We're broken. Yeah. And so how are leaders, governmental people, really putting people first? Um, to your point, are people ready? Could you imagine if after mm -hmm. this, every team leader, supervisor, senior leader said, we need to look at what did we do 20 months ago and what do we need to start doing now? Even if we find we don't need a daily, but we're ready for a daily huddle to look at crisis management and to have teams pull together. How are you doing by group membership? What did you need? What do you need now? What worked from the pandemic we want to keep? What old stuff do we want to let go of because it's toxicity? And what else is needed, including being able to pull together at a split moment to say what we plan for tomorrow, we need to shift. And so team leaders 101, leaders 101 with your directs, modeling how to do healthcare, mental healthcare policies and practices that are really about self-care, team care, and requiring people to take this down all the way to even one-on-one -on -one relationships, if that's all you supervise. We have to revamp and reinvent how we do business 
now because I think in two weeks, three weeks, it's going to be too late. Yeah. More places are going to shut down. Yeah. Um, you know, let's talk about some of the strategies and tips that you just mentioned and what leaders and management can know. I, I'm at a loss. Maybe you can explain it to me. I'm at a loss for how many organizations are not willing to hire outside people to come in to help them. I, I'm at a loss. I'm just a little bit shocked. Um, you know, and you get the crisis because you work with the employees, right? If you're a coach, you know, if you're somebody in the wellness or the well-being field, you're working with people every day, they're telling you the stories. And yet organizations, they don't see it. Um, even something, Dr. Kathy, is this. Had a friend of mine go into work the other day and she's got allergies. So she's sneezing. But she has allergies. Five people cleared the room. Yeah. <laughs> she says, I have a note from my doctor. I have allergies. They looked at her and said, we don't care. Stay home. Now, these are employees in a room. I want to ask you this. Give me your version of communicate, communicate, communicate. Because, boy, I'll tell you, we better learn some skills here. For leaders all the way throughout the organization, get everyone talking about what's our vision of a highly inclusive, equitable, in this time of pandemic, racial reckoning organization. What are our values? Therefore, we're going to relook at every policy, practice, informal ways of engaging. Does it align with our values and our vision? That is so critical. Just keep coming to the back. Set up these teams, every team to look at every policy, practice, including your story of how do we unconsciously, unintended, negatively impact other these microaggressions, macroaggressions? Add to another one. Let's say you do remote hybrid. Half the team is in person at their own computers. Half the team is remote. Then you have the, oh, you're in the office. So you therefore are mm -hmm. all those bias. You're a better mm -hmm. worker. I can count on you. You're promotable. Oh, you have to take care of kids. Mm -hmm. You're going to have crises. You can't be a supervisor. And so 97% of black knowledge workers want an office where they're remote or hybrid. Mm -hmm. I think that's broader. If you go cross racialized identity, I didn't see any data for folks that are Latinx or Asian American no. Pacific Islander. So, and I think most white folks want it too. Um, and so but to have really increase the emotional intelligence of folks to be able to have these real, authentic, brave conversations to also be able to, people have no bandwidth. I, I have so little bandwidth these days and I have so much privilege. So how do we have teams, organizations talk about navigating difficult situations, hot buttons, triggers, using this time to give people more skill and development and to realize the disproportionate impact across group membership privilege marginalized, and then our policies and practices, whose needs are met and whose aren't. And if most organizations can look at every policy practice and say by group membership, who was served by the changes we did, not just everybody, but oh, people with disabilities really benefited some by remote work. People with mental health dynamics that didn't tell us before really benefited women across different identities and yeah. just particularly parents. So 
to teach people with real-time conversation to have an EDI lens in everything they do and then relook at every policy, practice, norm, service, customer service, because really you change your customer service. You did in the pandemic. There's a lot that you want to keep because that really will increase the way you, your customers are happy because you had more of an EDI lens because you had to. Yeah. You know, I want to ask you about this because part of this is, you know, partnering remote work is no excuse not to partner with employee advisory committees, not to keep up the internal groups that were formed and were vibrant when you came into work. Uh, and now we have so many digital tools. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, seventh generation Zoom now upgrades and enhancements and effects. I mean, there's so much that the pandemic brought forward from a technological point of view and also from a cybersecurity point of view, because that was the old question mark. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, you can't. OK, you can't work remote. Um, but I want to ask you this. Um, when we stop for the moment just today, when we stop and we look, it's almost as if we need organizational interventions to say, hit the pause button. We have to take a moment. Yeah. We have to look at where we are and we better get on the stick. What are your thoughts? Totally. Could you imagine if organizations said for the next two weeks, we're going to pause and really what wasn't working before, pandemic, what else do we need? Give people the tools. That meant trickle down. So training as well as talking points. Um, and I want to go back to employee resource groups. This yeah. is a time actually to increase the resources, the energy and support yeah. to have those happen. Trauma-informed practices, teams can do it, but we have to have organizational and employee resource groups can be the place or affinity spaces that might be short-term over the next three months, we're going to hold these spaces for anybody. And then ones that particularly for folks in one or more marginalized intersecting identities, confidential, not recorded, come talk about how you're doing and lots of resource sharing. Uh, how do you do more childcare backup, uh, elder care backup, child tutoring? So just sharing some of that. Yesterday, I didn't realize an organization, actually it was the state of Washington, you all have an immigrant employee resource group for the entire state, yeah. state employees and others. And I learned about yeah. that yesterday. And I'm like, I've never heard of that yeah. in this time of, especially what's happening in Afghanistan and other places, the resurgence of anti-immigrant, but it's been there for centuries, part of the right wing. So what are the needs of folks, a parenting one, an elder care one, asking employees, what kind of gatherings could be useful and then what kind of resources do we need to supply as an organization more? This is the time to do it because employees are looking. They want more money and they're getting it. Yeah. They want more family, work, yeah. balance, flex time. They want purposeful work. We haven't talked about that yet. How Gen X, because by age, millennials are really saying, I want work where I feel like not only I am seen, valued, no microaggressions, but that who I am can contribute fully in my fullness. 
aligning with my core values. And if we don't give folk purposeful work and help them see how it's really helping change the world. And some of your listeners are like, some of these jobs are day to day, (laughs) but how what they do individually serves the highest good of the whole organization. You are going to lose so many next gen and millennial Mm -hmm. who are just going to keep turning over unless you can find a way to not only help them learn and grow and move up and move within the organization, but aligned with their core values. I matter, I belong, I contribute. Yeah, I got to tell you, I posted the job after we went through a little turnover here for the very reasons you mentioned. You know, when you've got people saying, I just really need to work from home. Why? Because you have family to take care of. There are personal reasons. When I put the job post out about two months ago, I changed the description for our producers. I included everything from the day-to-day running shows to creative video to creative graphics. And it was a great idea. What was the downside of that was that the time period to learn those jobs is longer. The complicated nature of them may take a little bit longer. And I think we sent an email out to all of you saying, hey, we're growing, we're expanding, please be patient with us. But the return on it was, I've got two new incredible producers, and I'm canvassing for a third. But here's what happens when you do that. And and you know this, Dr. Kathy, this is where you cut the wheat from the chaff. Isn't that the the expression? Mm. There's some people that want purpose for work. And there's some people that it's just way too much responsibility. And you have to find the job that fits you. You have to find that job that's going to keep your personal life in order, that's going to keep things in order. But here's where we are today. And this is to your point. Boy, please, CEOs, C-suite people, employees from the bottom up, as we used to say, tell your supervisor, send a note to your manager, talk to the people in groups and tell them you need something more. You need to bring somebody in that you can have as, you know, EAP, old school Mm -hmm. EAP. It's not quite as robust as what we need. This is a new time when you have dozens of doctors in Florida taking part in a symbolic walkout today in protest of unvaccinated. Please don't say that we're coming back to normal, right? I need to breathe. (laughs) I do too. Let's go to a short break. When we come back, solutions, solutions. How do you communicate even if you're not being asked your opinion? Where do you go for help? And what is one of the best tools you can provide your management with? We're going to give you that and much more. But as, as Dr. Kathy said, yeah, just breathe. And you know, if you're me, go play some ping pong. We'll be right back. Guess what? You don't need to wait until the new year to set new goals for yourself. Hi, I'm Joan Marlowe, the host of Awareness to Action. And I'm taking this concept to a whole new level. I've developed a program to take your awareness to action in 90 days. Let me introduce you to your day one. 
Day one can start any day you choose, so why not now? We will use powerful brainstorming, mastermind, visioning, and goal-setting techniques to open your awareness of what you really want in your life and take action with intention to get there. Choose to work with me one-on-one or in a small group. Let's connect, lift each other up, and hold each other accountable. I'm offering a free consult to design your program. Visit my site, PeacefullyHealing.com, to connect with me, and let's find out when your day one will begin. Did you know that when we talk about the Earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out? You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The Power of Inspiration and Awakening Radio with Julia Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. You know, marriage is not always easy, but skills that improve communication go a long way. Tune in to The Relationship Rehab Show, Recovering Happiness in Your Love with Nancy Landrum and Dr. Pat each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Nancy is an author and teacher empowering couples to create and sustain loving marriages. Learn to listen, speak, and handle conflict with respect so your love can flourish. To learn more about Nancy and her work, visit NancyLandrum.com. Hey there, I'm Ricky Schwartz from My Turn Life Coaching, Reclaim Your Life. How do you know if you're living your life and not someone else's? Here's one way to find out. First, list out your top five core values. For example, mine are empathy, excellence, passion, service, and core values. Then put those core values into short first-person core value statements. In my case, one, empathy powers my relationships. Two, excellence is the goal in all things I do. Three, passion fuels my perseverance. Four, my value is measured by my service to others. And five, core values drive all of my life decisions. Now ask yourself, am I using my core value statements to drive my personal and professional decisions? Maybe not, maybe you've never even considered doing so. And that's where life coaching begins. Go to myturnlifecoaching.com and let's put your personal core values into your driver's seat. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. As we talked about the other day on a, on a show, and this is not my phrase, I'm not going to take credit for this. I'm going to give this to Jennifer J. Uh, exhaustion is the new burnout. Mm. Today, Dr. Kathy O'Bear is talking about the many ways that the seepage of exhaustion infiltrates an organization and if we're not ready and prepared and we have the tools see this is the heartbreak before we get to that could you tell people how they can find out about you also you have several books and your radio show let's make sure we get that in before you and i get rolling again i have a great radio show coming up 
the first Wednesday of every month. Um, so that'll be September 1st, I think. Um, so every Wednesday, we talk about creating inclusive, transformative organizations and the strategies and dilemmas and resistance. Uh, and people can always find me at drkathyobear.com. And if you go backslash resources, lots of open source resources since this pandemic, and particularly since George Floyd's murder and the increase of organizations wanting to be anti-racist organizations that are nowhere near ready. That's where I've actually been asked to put a lot more work on helping folks understand race, racism, dominant white culture, and particularly white leaders develop their capacity for authentic, engaged conversations, unlearning racist attitudes they didn't think they ever had. And so that was my second book, but I'm not racist, Tools for Well-Meaning Whites, all the books and lots of video backslash resources, all free. All I ask is that you use them with integrity and have folks continue learning and growing. Because if we don't come back, to a hybrid remote work environment with an EDI anti-race lens, you will continue to see turnover tsunami. You will continue to see folks looking for jobs across all identities. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I commented when we came back to the following. What I commented on is people that are like you, that have been working with organizations, you've pretty much seen it all. Although we are seeing some new stuff, I oh, will yeah. say. <laughs> but we know the tools that could eradicate, if not that, neutralize what's going on. I want to ask you, what will it take for us to do this level of planning, put up the money and the resources to get it done? What will it take? Because this is a way to take an uncertain future and hopefully neutralize it to a point, don't you think? And actually write it now to say, we've been trying to do transformational EDI culture change for decades. Organizations can literally ride this tsunami because what a time to co-create a whole new culture and climate. Friends, can you imagine if leaders said, we're gonna get honest and transparent about what we know and we don't know, and then say, teams, you come together, like we've said, everyone, what do we need? what's got to change, and then say, what will work? What does everybody need? So can we not do meetings on Fridays so that you have planning time? Can we have a day that everybody is either in the workplace or always available on remote so that if we have emergencies, can we have a day we have planning time? And that might change week to week, but the teams negotiate breadth of differences. We know who each other's needs are. And collectively, we do this. We use Slack so that we can be talking to each other. Google Docs, so there's asynchronous planning. You don't have to be in the same room. Have people really realize, actually, we do better work on Zoom if we're not on for eight or nine hours a day and prioritizing self-care so that maybe there's just four hours a day that we ask people to be available. And then you work your other time that works for you. So there are all kinds of ways that teams can renegotiate day-to-day -day these trauma-informed practices, how we can have the team own it, talk, and supervisors can be learning how to do this. Training from HR, come together every two weeks of supervisors, dilemmas, what else do we need? What are the tools do we need? But to your point, most leaders are not prepared, but we can organizationally provide it if we bring them together, show them, 
what we're thinking, have them tell us what's been working so we're all learning from each other. Here's one of the things supervisors say, well, I, they won't work well if they're remote. I can't, I have to see them. Truth is face-to-face, FaceTime has always been oppressive organization. If, if leaders and supervisors have clear project plans, clear assignments, lots of one-on-one check-in where you're not doing the tasky, but you're building relationships and asking people to give you the work they're doing. And then you really learn how to coach and supervise virtually in the moment. The other thing I think we have to do is cross-training. So a person doesn't have the knowledge. We have two or three folks that could be backup if that person leaves or goes on FMLA or has to take a week because they have COVID, even if they're vaccinated. Um, There are so many things we could talk about, but those specifics mm. and holding supervisors accountable, not letting them go back to the old way, but this is our new vision. This is a new workplace. Here's how to do it. We expect you to do it. And by the way, what I, what I'm finding is that, you know, there's a way to present your manager with ideas that they may not know about. See, one of the things that we have to get over is that our managers, supervisors know everything. They are hustling to get through the day. They're not reading material on how to do what you just said. And so, you know, look, send them an article, send them something with a little note, send them something that you're thinking about this, because I think that even if you don't get a response back, some of this does sink in. I know when I was that manager, when my folks used to send me stuff, yeah, Maybe two out of 10 got my attention, but they got my attention. Can you imagine if leaders, managers said, we're going to be doing three-hour retreats every three weeks now. Yep. And everything they do, whether they bring in someone outside or they do it internally, models everything we're talking about. And then they say, we expect you. So they start every meeting with breathing, some meditative practice, a short breakout. How are you doing given the pandemic, time of racial reckoning? come back, talk, go back out with someone else and share what are you doing that has been trauma-informed practices that have supported people individually, collectively, come back and share. And so they are modeling it and then say, given what's going on, what else do we need to be doing? You model it. I'm doing this inclusion partner program. I've been doing it five or six years. The next one happens to be starting this Friday. It's in a virtual 12 live week and lots of resources. We're going to be front-loading all that we're talking about today because in those six weeks, we really cover how do you support leaders have an equity inclusion lens in everything we do, interpersonal dynamics, policy, practices, culture, climate. If you're still interested, go to the website. There's still some room. Most folks don't have those capacities. So could you imagine if every organization said, let's bring two people from every division or one from every unit too to come together. You got the supervisor training but then develop these folks to how do they support their supervisor, their manager, to have trauma-informed practices, hybrid workplace, because not everybody can know how do we do hybrid meetings. So we got two or three people that are reading that article that are learning, but mostly ask the team, what have we done that's been useful? What do we need to do differently so we can do hybrid, some remote, some in-person and ask them what they need and then institutionalize it with the caveat mm-hmm. any day, any week, we may need to change because we may be shut down in any moment. Do you know, as a sidebar, I'm just going to throw this out. 
you know, if you go back in time and you look at some of the greatest discoveries, the model that you just talked about is what they use. I used to work at Bell Labs with Arno Penzias and Wilson, who discovered the Big Bang. And I will tell you this. Yes, these folks were out there pointing sound waves to the sky. But do you think they did that alone? Or did they have somebody remotely? You see, this model you're talking about has been the basis and fundamentals of basic research for eons. We have forgotten this. We have forgotten it. Even Einstein collaborated. Even Carl Jung collaborated. See, the model you just talked about is a model that has been used for some of the greatest discoveries on the planet. And why then doesn't it apply to us at work? See, what you just described is the fundamental basis for genius and innovation. And if we can demonstrate that to leadership, I'm kind of like wondering what kind of leader would deny from having a genius big bang discovery in their company? Performance management, I bet, still reinforces (laughs) individual competence. So can you imagine we change it to the... your performance manager is how did you empower your team and what did the team do and what kind of brilliance came up and how did you reward them and how did you recognize and appreciate? Because if leaders are not acknowledging all the contributions these last 20 months and individually collectively and making it a team-based and individual, you will lose people. So to your point, systems have to be recreated. And th- I didn't come up with this stuff. It took me decades <laughs> of doing this because I was brought up in a very white, upper middle class, academic way of thinking, do it by yourself, by your bootstraps, which was all a lie. So yes, we have mm-hmm. to transform collective, participatory, all valued EDI. This is the moment. To your point, Arno Penzias, one of the big bang guys, He would never have discovered anything if his team back at Murray Hill didn't crunch the data. Do you know what he did Hmm. for years after, even when he became president of Bell Labs? Every Friday, we went and had bagels with him. Now, you may be thinking, so what? Is that a reward? Can you imagine having bagels every Friday with Mr. Big Bang, Dr. Arno Penzias, who remembered that, Pat, you like the everything bagel. Mm, You matter. I value you. Build relationships. Let's work on something together. Tell me about your lives. That time, prioritizing people first, relationship building time is critical in this moment. It's got to be job one. Please get a hold of Dr. Kathy O'Bear. And, you know, what you're doing and what you're working with in organizations, it is beyond needed It is not just a new narrative. It's not just a new normal. It's literally throwing out the book and maybe pulling forward some ideas that work and creating a powerful future. Thank you for all that you do. 